0: We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the thing. We found out that I was
1: actually getting a two-inch by two-inch brand with a
0: color as anyone. We no longer have the laws of Moses. The world begins to with violence, and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee.
1: And cults. <sighs> Hi, John.
0: Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we drink coffee and talk cults and fringe religious groups. From around the world.
1: Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners, as it will probably contain swear words and anything else today, John.
0: Um, and mention of suicide. That's about it, I think, in terms of major issues at the moment.
1: Pretty clean. But on that's of a pretty.
0: That's enough, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're. I'm very excited, um, because John is going to be talking us through our first episode of. Heaven's
0: Gate. So this is going to be another series, listeners. We couldn't tell you exactly how many episodes yet. We think it's going to be three, but we thought that for Jonestown, and it was more. So. Yeah, sorry. So we'll we'll uh, we'll try and stick to that. But this is a big one. It's another one where I feel a bit of pressure. Sam, we feel probably you, both a bit of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <You should. laughs> oh, I see. I'm so glad I went first.
1: Um, before you start, can we do some Patreon shout-outs? Um, we can and other cool, fun social media shout-outs, um, we want to say a massive thank you to Daniel Evans for joining our Patreon. Daniel, we hope you're enjoying all the fun stuff that we're putting up there for you.
0: <laughs> very, very soon, there will be possibly my favourite thing we've ever recorded. I've
1: had it stored on my laptop for too long and we, I need to get it out. I'm really sorry, John.
0: Um, oh, I was thinking... Um, I don't know what we're thinking Ooh. about now. I was thinking about our review of Charles Manson's music, which features... <laughs> I'm not even going to spoil what it is, but it's possibly my favourite thing we've ever recorded um, that we do during that that episode. We also have um, some interesting updates about our relationship to uh, the kittens, which is ever ongoing, listeners.
1: Yes, some very exciting things are happening in our hometown, and we're very excited to go and visit them when they open their (laughs) Idealogue.
0: We'll give you some updates uh, as soon as we possibly can about that. Uh, thank you. Though lots of people have been getting in touch online, on Facebook, on the Instagram, on the Twitters. Thank you so much for that. Thank you to Esther Rocket Exposer Hooray! of Universal Medicine who retweeted about our episode. Uh, we funny. love you. We rate you. You rock. I don't know if you even listened, but we really appreciated that shout out. And lots of people have been saying really nice things to us, leaving us reviews on the Facebook yeah. uh, and on iTunes. So thank you we to love you. Uh, I'm going to get your names wrong, Lassie and Sam, who both have done that recently and sent us really nice messages thank you to susan robbins for donating as well if you, susan. that's something you'd like to do listeners welcome returning listeners welcome new listeners possibly we'll talk a bit more about this at the end but you can support us you can if you like what we do give us a One-off donation to buy us a cup of coffee to enjoy during an episode at ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults. You could also uh, donate on a more regular basis, however large or small the amount, on patreon.com forward slash coffee and cults, which gives you access to all kinds of weird extra bits of recording that increasingly (laughs) we're adding to as time goes on, including (laughs) the best Charles Manson stars in your eyes (laughs) setup that has ever happened. The only one, probably.
1: Um, if you like us but not enough to give us money, that's totally fine too. But please give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or if you can. Can you even do that on Spotify? Yep. Or wherever you get your podcasts, please give us a review. Um, just because that helps other people discover us.
0: That would all be very good. But that's enough shameless self-promotion. It's,
1: oh yeah, I was going to say it's not shameless, but it, it, is, yeah, it is.
0: We'll do some shameful promotion maybe later yeah. in the episodes
1: <laughs> just to balance
0: everything out. But let's skip straight
1: to the main event,
0: and let's begin with Heaven's Gate Part (laughs) 1. That is... That UFO sound that just came out of Sam's mouth is the the best... Keep going, I'd like the background of a UFO under this bit. It's the perfect introduction to one of the most notorious cults, possibly in uh, world history, (laughs) if not just in the history of America... Now this is an interesting cult compared to many of the other groups now because usually at this point in our previous podcasts we would introduce the origins of the person. That one charismatic leader who manages to create a new religious movement on their own and lead their followers. But this time you are not only getting more value for money in the number of episodes covering this cult (laughs) listeners you're also getting value for money in the number of founders of this group. So in our first episode, Heaven's Gate Part 1, we are covering the time period 1931 to 1975, looking at how two people's lives, two people, I was going to say like you and me, Sam, that's not quite what I mean, as will become clear, Um, but it could be any of us, two people whose lives meet and who through their shared obsessions, this is how I'm thinking it's like you and me, Okay, yeah, yeah. Create something unique <laughs> together. Let people
1: follow and give Wait. to you sometimes.
0: Oh. And you make that UFO noise so well. This is...
1: <laughs> oh, here's where we reveal, actually, you've joined our cult.
0: <laughs> as long as we don't have to be called Bo and Peep, I don't uh, mind. Ooh. So we're going to start with the two biographies of the founders of this uh, group in no particular order. So I'd like to take you, Sam, to 19... 19- Thirty-one Ooh. to uh, a town near Corpus Christi, Texas, um, to the birth of Marshall Hurf Applewhite Jr. Hurf Her- is
1: herf. it short for anything, or is it just? I don't herf. think so. It
0: is on all the things that I read. It is just Hurf.
1: Hurf. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the noise that you make when you're like gonna vomit. Hurf.
0: <laughs> which we might do quite a lot yeah. during the telling of this story. That's also quite a thing, isn't it, to be Marshall Herf Applewhite Jr. Because obviously yeah, that, that really means help. he's the son of Marshall Herf Applewhite Sr.
1: Imagine fitting that on a debit card. <laughs>
0: um, so he was the son of Marshall Herf Applewhite Sr. and uh, Louise... Applewhite. Oh,
1: poor Louise.
0: Now, uh, <laughs> that's, it is quite a name, as we've, uh, as we've discussed. We'll come back to the theme of names later on through this story, but I have written yeah. here quite early on, no wonder he wanted a new name.
1: Oh, <laughs> sorry to all the Marshall Applewhites listening.
0: If you're a Marshall Earth and you're listening, please do get in touch. Um, but I think that would, yeah, something about having a name that unweldy. And also, not being the first person to have it is probably a bit of a psychological marker. His dad was a Presbyterian minister, and he had three siblings, so they were a very tight knit
1: Mm -hmm. kind of
0: Christian family in Texas. And the reports all say that Marshall was a very religious child, as you might expect. He's growing up with that uh, Presbyterian theology deeply around in his life. Um he goes to Corpus Christi High School?
1: Okay, cool. Corpus Christi is a college at Cambridge, isn't it? its Cambridge is, University. Yes.
0: Yeah. It almost certain. Doesn't it mean Body of Christ? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's Body of Christ High School is a uh, Things always sound nicer in Latin, don't they? Yeah. If you just spell out the name.
1: I was just trying to think of some more Latin, but I went to state school so I don't know anymore. Um, carpe diem.
0: Carpe diem. You Which, carpe that diem. Hell
1: yeah. Uh,
0: Dolce et decorum est pro patria mori. Yeah,
1: I did A level English literature as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't know. Don't know anymore.
0: Anyway, there we go. So that's the etc. etc. <laughs> the high school that he went to. So uh, quite a religious high school as well as you might imagine in Texas. There he was a star singer in the school choir.
1: Excellent.
0: Um, and around this time, people start calling him Herth That's his like nickname. Oh, okay. They they abandon the the marshal quite early on, which I guess is again makes sense. Later on, he goes to Austin College, and as time goes on, he sort of he's described as becoming sort of moderately religious. He's not quite as fervently involved as he was, understandably, as a child raised by a Presbyterian minister. His sister Louise um, has a few.
1: Oh, so they're both juniors. So he's Marshall Herff Applewhite Jr. And Marshall Herff Sr. was married to Louise. So Louise is also Louise Jr.
0: Yes. She describes uh, the young Herf as funny... (laughs) I was going to do in voice then, I'm not. (coughs) (laughs) Oh, please do. Funny, charismatic, an overachiever who was on the honour roll. He was usually president of everything. That (laughs) sounds... ...is a job I would like. Usually president of everything. <laughs> oh, that should be my uh, Twitter bio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually president
1: of Hopefully, everything. Hopefully, listeners, by the time uh, this comes out, that will be, that will be John's the case. Tr- Twitter bio.
0: He was a born leader and could get people to believe in anything. He was quite the family comic at times. He knew how to do something called the elephant walk that always got everyone <laughs> laughing.
1: Oh no, John laughed because I was frowning. Usually the elephant walk is something that a male might show you. With the pockets.
0: Oh, do you think it's that?
1: Oh, I hope not. Not to your sister.
0: To the whole fact that we'd always get everyone laughing. Yeah. So he attends Austin College uh, where he earns a bachelor's degree in philosophy and graduates in 1952, which is a good uh, bachelor's degree to have. And he's been growing up in this Christian environment, getting involved in lots of sort of school Christian groups, sort of going in and out of how heavily he's involved. But as you might imagine, having a Presbyterian minister father, there's always this thing in the back of his head about becoming a minister himself. And so he enrolls to study theology at Union Presbyterian Seminary so that he can become a minister in that church. Now... Presbyterianism, there are so many Christian denominations, aren't they? It's so yeah. hard to keep track of all of these different uh, groups. Uh, what I can tell you briefly, Sam, is that it's a Protestant group, as you might expect. Okay. Uh, who traces its origins back to Scotland. Cool. And originally was quite a strong Puritan Protestant church and emphasised in particular the following doctrines. The sovereignty of God. Yeah. Which makes sense. I think there are a few uh, Christian groups going, yeah, that God, if you're a, he's not in charge of anything. If you're
1: a monotheistic religion, probably, yeah.
0: The absolute authority of the scriptures. Cool. Which will come in useful later on. Uh, grace through Jesus. So that's the way that you can be saved and find grace and sure. all that good things. And it's uh, fiercely evangelical, so it's about that. Okay,
1: okay. Preaching
0: okay. and recruiting and all of that kind of jazz.
1: Right. So, where is it like Church of England is Protestant, but it's definitely not evangelical, and it's just fakes and cakes. And has a
0: much woollier interpretation of the Bible as yeah. well. In some, in some places, and yeah. I guess the I guess also the Church of England would say. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the Church would say that you can get into heaven through works and not just through Jesus. They're still quite big on the Jesus thing, aren't they?
1: I mean, yeah, churches tend to be quite big on the Jesus thing. <laughs>
0: just one of the many insights you can get from listening to this podcast but listeners
1: speaking to a church of england vicar they tend to be a bit more casual about the whole thing and a bit take it a bit more philosophically rather than like the scriptures are all
0: yeah. Like, yeah but you can
1: you can interpret them this way
0: i'd be really interested to know this is a diversion just how many ministers and like lay clergy in the church of england are absolute 100% believers because I yeah. would imagine there's quite a few who are at best agnostic. If not, this is just a useful Good framework. job.
1: Yeah. Any Church of England vicars or ministers or any denomination ministers, please feel free to give us an email. We would love to chat to you.
0: We'll keep you anonymous. If you When want. you email us at steve at jesus.com or whatever you're... Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's what
1: all Vicar's emails are. Steve at Jesus. That's
0: how you get that That, (laughs) sweetjesus.com web presence, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Great. So he's training to be a minister. He's gone through this quite conventional Texas Christian upbringing. um, Been well acclaimed and and liked by friends and family. In 1962, he marries Anne Pierce and later has children with her. Uh, Mark and Love.
1: Love. Which is a good name oh.
0: for a child. Um,
1: they get on well in Cornwall, wouldn't they? Come here, love.
0: Come here, love. <laughs> How did you know Oh, my that, name? that would be really yeah. distracting, actually, <laughs> wouldn't it? That would cause a lot of trouble. Yeah. They, As far as I... So far in my research, they didn't go to Cornwall. Spoilers. Oh. So I don't think that ever
1: oh well. came
0: up um, as an issue. But at that point, he'd been through sort of a turbulent decade in some ways. Okay. Uh, he was... Not far into studying at the seminary when he dropped out. Okay. He decided, actually this isn't for me, yeah. because what he really wanted to do was pursue music. Oh He wanted like to.:
1: Gabriel of Urantia?
0: Yes, yes, another and one.: Charles Manson.: They thought there's again, that's a big overlap, isn't it? Yeah. about like wanting mu- music, stardom. Yeah, alongside your religious things. I wonder what that's about.
1: But whether one is the fuel for the other,
0: or whether it's about the same kind of personality,
1: yeah,
0: I guess they're both about, like, uh, in some respects, they're about expressing your own personal thing and also getting adoration from other people. I was just right. going to
1: say, as well as getting loads of attention, yeah, yeah, which
0: is fine. Of course. So long as you don't. So John and set I, as cult. we've
1: mentioned before, are in a performing field. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. We love that. I, don't, I wouldn't Ad say Lord I've ever had a. any adoration, but. <laughs>
1: Uh, no. Anyone wants if to say you his adoration? Ador- <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, we're so needy today, John.
0: So he dropped out of seminary um, to pursue music. Everyone says he has a beautiful voice. He's a baritone singer. He loves Handel. He loves. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> John, was, at John was doing hand gestures, and I thought you were going to say hand gestures because you were doing so many large gestures. No, the oh, classical
0: composer. Handle. Handle. Yeah, okay. And the Christian spiritual music that he'd grown up with. As a result, he becomes the music director of a Presbyterian church in North Carolina. So he takes responsibility for the music programming, the choir, etc. Cool. Et cetera, and seems to be very good at that. Seems to sort of find his home in that church environment, but with a real music-centred focus. In 1954, he was drafted into the army and served ah. in Austria and New Mexico. So this is during, well, this is just after the Korean War has ended?
1: Ah, I was trying to work out what war it was, yeah. but we went in that one So it we?
0: ended the year before. Right. Presumably the draft was still in um, in effect. Yeah. But in, that, Aust-
1: in Austria.
0: Well, it's anywhere they have navy uh, they have uh not navy bases, sure. army bases. Of course. So you yeah. do tours of duty out through here, there, and everywhere. I think there are quite a few American Army bases in like Austria and Germany, in particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was an instructor in the Army Signal Corps. Um, he didn't see any um, action. <laughs> that sounds. I should have put oh, more context no. around <laughs> yeah. that. He didn't see any um, combat. Combat. There yes. Uh, and the he's working in the Signal Corps, which is about you know creating and managing all the communication systems cool. for the army and taking responsibility for those things. He uh, spends a little bit of time there and is. Uh, after two years honourably discharged right. at the rank of sergeant and so in 1956 he leaves the military and he enrols at a different college at the University of Colorado Yeah. to do a Masters in Music
1: very
0: nice focusing Sam on musical theatre yay
1: my degree hooray
0: just one of many ways in which you are similar <laughs>
1: One of many ways, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, so he has this again, this sort of real change of life quite rapidly. And yeah. that one minute he's going to be a minister, and then he's going to drop out and pursue music and runs a church choir. Then he's in the army for two years. Then he quits that, comes back to music, really heavily invests in musical in theatre. Uh, when he finished that course, he directed the chorus at St Mark's Episcopal Church and the fine arts programme at the University of St. Thomas. Cool. So he's sort of teaching music and, again, uh, pursuing his career as a singer. Currently,
1: this sounds like a really nice, wholesome life. I know.
0: Wouldn't it be nice, Sam, if we did a podcast that was just about people having a nice time getting into the (laughs) arts industry? Yeah. He moved to New York City to pursue a singing career. Ah. But that didn't go terribly well so he then moved back yeah. um, to Texas where he gets married around this time that's when he meets uh, Anne and gets married to her in Lovely. 1962 in a Presbyterian church cool. so he's keeping that religious connection and he's still throwing his hand into the world of musicals he takes roles in musicals in Texas and in Colorado and he sang 15 roles with the Houston Grand Opera wow at different times, I think not just all in one show,
1: just going ah, and in that you can make an opera song. Yeah,
0: they or they did Aida, and he played fifteen of the name. <laughs> but that's what I was imagining. Um, and he directs quite a few musicals in those two states as well. I think cool. at, at different levels. So you know, for the kind of community theatres that they have there, a few. Yeah, so he's having quite a nice musical theatre-based life. Yeah. Um, he has two children with Anne. Born in 1963 and 68, but the couple have some problems along the way.
1: Aww.
0: Something isn't quite working. Lancaster s- is the
1: lead in The Pirates of Penzance.
0: Oh, it's definitely that, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? She wanted to be Maria in The Sound of Music and ended up being the Baroness's. The Baroness?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Who doesn't even have a song, I don't think, does she? Sick burn. <laughs> for more sound of music hot takes from john <laughs> tune in next time so they have a bit of a rocky time in 1965 they separate and in fact later on they'll divorce in, in 1968 so you'll notice that the daughter is born after their separation so Ooh. clearly it's a again quite a fraught up what and down uh back <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> in relationship, whatever that means.
1: Okay. So
0: we're moving up now um, into the 70s
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's got this job. Um, oh, he's been working in the fine arts program at the University of St Thomas. He gets a job as a music professor. But then is fired from that job in 1970.
1: Okay. a um, o- so couple. Of, only a couple of years.
0: Yeah. So the official reason given was health problems of an emotional nature
1: okay
0: that's um what is uh, sort of described by father thomas braden who's mm-hmm. the the chancellor who who runs that university he was behaving somewhat oddly at the time just talking to him he would mention things that had no connection to the thing he said before okay which seems like weak source for firing somebody yeah
1: But then I suppose if you're paying somebody to teach a load of people, you want them to be making coherent sentences. If he's making a lot of incoherent sentences, he should just come and work on this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sick burn on ourselves, Sam. But actually, it's widely speculated that the reason he lost his job was because he was pursuing a sexual relationship with a male student. Okay. And in fact that that had happened once before in 1965 around the time of his separation. I see. Because it seems from all the available evidence that uh, Herth was bisexual. Cool. There are uh, lots of reports of him um, when he was in Texas being sort of known to some people, Yeah. I'd imagine especially in the musical theatre community
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: as being openly gay. But but also, also was pursuing relationships uh with women. Okay. Um there was a, in particular a relationship he formed with a young woman which was going really well. This is after his divorce, but yeah. then her parents made her break it off.
1: Okay. So was it But was he fired for being bisexual or was he fired for being in a relationship with a student?
0: It's speculated it was because because of both, I think a little bit.
1: Okay.
0: Um but also that there was some kind of the official line given was that his his emotional distress and it wasn't to do with okay, the so it was things.
1: likely a homophobic thing rather than a <clears throat> rather than an ethical you shouldn't be sleeping with students thing.
0: Yes, and also I suspect you shouldn't be. Oh, I guess he was divorced by then, but yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's okay. you know, student relationship. Mm, yeah, not so good.
1: Gay student relationship. Mm, not no, so good. No, no,
0: not
1: in the sixties. Yeah. In Texas.
0: Yeah. Late sixties, oh, early seventies. But otherwise, you know, he seems to have done well in that job, students. (laughs) Here you go. Students remembered him as an engaging speaker and a stylish dresser.
1: Lovely. One can only wish that people would say that about you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That I also wish was my Twitter bio.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That could be your Instagram bio.
0: There we go. We're going to run out of social media accounts soon, aren't we? Now, a lot of speculation about Heaven's Gate early on when this cult reached its most notorious moment in the 1990s, Ooh. talked about whether or not the cult behaviour and what happened with Heaven's Gate was in some way connected to Herf's homosexuality. Okay. Um, there was an article written then in the 90s called Heaven's Scapegoat. Ooh. Despite what you've read in the paper, the link between cult behaviour and homosexuality is questionable. Um, That was written by Mubarak Dahir, um, which I think is probably true. Yeah. Just because you're gay doesn't necessarily mean you're going to found a cult.
1: No. I think think that's pretty evident if you look at any cults. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is that usually it is a man that wants to shag lots of women.
0: Yes. Although Jones was possibly...
1: He just bisexual or was he just power, yeah. yeah,
0: into the power side of things, possibly? Uh, but there's been lots of suggestion that his bisexuality and his feelings about that contributed to the kind of mindset he had yeah. um, going into the creation of Heaven's Gate. But actually, it seems from lots of the reports and from people that knew him at the time that he wasn't troubled very much by being bisexual, Yeah. but by his inability to form and keep relationships. So okay. he's supposed to have been really devastated um after his divorce when he was i think was in this relationship with this girl who was slightly younger i think as in like in her early 20s
1: yeah
0: um but her parents went no okay you're not going to you're going to break up with him this isn't going to yeah um go on so he's more worried about you know being in his 30s being divorced um, being estranged from his children sure. and having had these sort of relationship failures, either because this relationship has cost him his job or this relationship, their pet, the family has rejected him as well. Yeah.
1: So. But then I'm sure that that's a very, you know, universally accepted thing to be in your 30s, to be divorced, to have estranged children and to be worried about
0: it. And almost certainly a lot in, of people in Texas in that time as yeah. well, right? Um, all of them doing that without setting up a cult. True, true. But true. there was loads of, uh, like press speculation in uh, so in 1997 the washington post headline was crisis of sexuality launched strange journey nah. and was really strongly making a very odd connection yeah between those things and later this sort of is summed up there's a quote from one of his lovers later on who um says that he confided to him that he was longing for a meaningful platonic relationship where he could develop his potential without sexual entanglements okay so he clearly either way it's having a big effect on his sort of yeah. sense of identity but means he what he's really looking for now is a relationship that doesn't come with all of that um side of things the complications of sexuality right. but just a strong relationship that will help him have some steadiness in his life oh, and a him. mission and yeah some stability a again focus and, yeah. which might be important as we move forward
1: hmm, and, um, I wonder why
0: in what happens um, he then continues to have a bit of a bad time his dad dies around then and he's racking up huge debts he lost yes. his job he's still yeah, working course. odd bits of uh, work here and there. I think still working for a couple of choirs, but he's really in financial hardship. Yeah, he's losing all these different
1: <laughs> <laughs> parts Sorry, of reading. his. That's right,
0: losing all these different foundations in his life. So he's really a little bit lost. And at this point, he starts having intense spiritual experiences. Ooh, and starts to feel like he has a, a calling. One day, he's walking on a beach in Galveston, Texas galveston texas and he hears the voice of god
1: sure he does telling him i'm sure
0: he has a mission i'm
1: sure yeah definitely definitely that definitely happened
0: well at least he might have believed it yeah it happened right there's a really interesting thing on the heaven's gate podcast which i recommend you listen to after you've listened to our yeah. uh, episodes but it is really good
1: yeah um, we
0: loved it where they're saying okay well you might just at this point dismiss him as being mad but actually, if you think about all the people who believe they have messages from God, yeah. not all of them are psychotic.
1: No. They all
0: might believe they've had that experience. You might not believe that that's what was happening. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you yeah, can just write them off as crazy. It's quite an interesting... I
1: mean, that's a really good point, John. I'm sure I'm wrong, and I'm sure God definitely did speak to him. <laughs> no, that's
0: not, that's not <laughs> what I am saying. <laughs> That's not what I meant, and you know it. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, so he's experiencing these voices um, around this time, all of yeah. which are, you know, sort of telling him he has to be doing something and he's got important work to do. Supposedly he finds this actually quite frightening. He's quite troubled by this. Lots of people sort of describe him as having a bit of a crisis at this point because oh,
1: how interesting!
0: everything's messed up and he's got quite scary voices telling him he's got stuff to do. Gosh, yeah. So he does what any of us would do, Sam. In 1971, in Taos, he opens a sandwich shop. <laughs>
1: no, no, that's not what you just said. What? <laughs> so he's having a crisis. He's a bit afraid of God speaking to him. So he thinks, I know, pastrami on rye. <laughs> I don't
0: know. What? <laughs> we all think pastrami on rye, right? Um, it's amazing. It's, it's just lovely. So obviously he needs work. Yeah. One of the first things that he does and tries oh. is to open this uh, sort of sandwich bar deli, what which he calls he? <clears throat> the Sunshine Company Deli. Oh, little Marshall! Huh? Oh.
1: Why didn't he call it Apple White's? That's such a cute name for a sandwich. I suppose the Sunshine is much cuter. That's a very cute name for a sandwich. Isn't it? You'd,
0: you'd go it there, then. wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd uh, you'd at least try it can't remember the sandwich you just described
1: pastrami on rye john's been vegetarian for a very long time (laughs) why is is that um um, thin uh beef i don't
0: know why that made me laugh um however that business doesn't
1: (laughs) that's where we are today listeners hi (laughs)
0: So he runs the Sunshine Company Deli. He also runs a bar or manages a bar at some point. Um, Oh, no, he runs it um, because his bar manager, Dennis Robbins, describes him as a scam artist. Real smooth. He had an ability to find the right thing to say to people whenever he talked to them.
1: Cool.
0: So we're starting to get a mixed picture now of this nice you know everybody's friend natural nice, leader
1: fun cute guy that runs the sunshine sandwich shop
0: but also some hints that maybe there's a bit of a, a bit of front to him uh, after about a year both of those businesses the sunshine company deli and the bar fail
1: yeah. so he
0: sells them cool. and he leaves taos so he ends up moving back to houston in 1972 and he's really now starting to spiritually search having had these experiences so whereas he's been sort of firmly entrenched in Christian theology he suddenly gets really into astrology
1: cool yeah
0: all of that jazz uh, into science fiction fun into UFOs yeah and ancient mysticism
1: here's the shit we were here for John
0: so he's reading loads of this stuff seeking out astrologers and trying to work out what he should do he's been through this incredibly you know, like all the foundations of his life and his identity up to that point—his jobs, his relationships, his
1: family—everything.
0: Yeah. His father, everything has sort of just fallen his apart.
1: His sandwiches. His
0: sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> his pastrami on rye. He's long rye. gone. Yeah,
1: it's just a distant memory.
0: And so he's trying to work out what the hell he should do, and he's thinking that maybe there might be an answer in the stars. And we're going to leave him there for the moment in Houston in 1972.
1: Houston, he has a problem. That's why I giggled to myself a minute ago.
0: (laughs) That should be the title of this episode. Yep. We're going to stay in Houston, though, but we're going to go back in time and tell the story of the other founder of this group. Yeah. Bonnie Lou Nettles, nay, Truesdale. Cool. Bonnie Lou Truesdale.
1: Bonnie, isn't
0: it? Oh, no, it's Cindy Lou Who, isn't it? What's
1: Cindy Lou Who? Cindy Lou Who is the little girl in the Grinch with the...
0: Oh, different, yes. Annoying. Just a completely different <laughs> name. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Although it does have some of the same letters.
1: One of the same words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go a little bit further back in time this time to August the 29th, 1927. Lovely. Where Bonnie Lou... Truesdale is born to a Baptist family. Now it's interesting with her; she's the co-founder of this group. Mm-hmm. She's really key to the sort of the theology when it's formed later on. There's much less information about her when you look around and research like her life before the group, yeah. and indeed, her life during the group.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
0: much less, even in the book. I've been reading. I should say at this point and do a shout out. Um, the best. And one of the only comprehensive (laughs) books on Heaven's Gate is by Benjamin E. Zeller, which is called Heaven's Gate, America's UFO Religion. Yeah. But even there, there's just a bit less information about her.
1: That's a whole thing about history, though, isn't it? That's what that new Frank Turner album was about. It's was about those forgotten women of history.
0: Or that they're minimised in some way. Yeah. I mean, there's some reason why she's not so visible later on in the story, but... It's yes. just interesting that we've got quite a few bits of photos of her, and you know, people have really tried to dig into his records and things. Yeah, far far less of that yeah. from Bonished. Um, so she was born in this Baptist family, not particularly, you know, gung ho cool. about that faith, as far as we can tell. A high school friend says her church attendance was mostly just social, just because the gang of friends went.
1: I suppose you haven't got Netflix, what else are you going to do at the weekend?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can, can,
1: can, might as well go why to not,
0: church. Why not go to church? I guess that's true, isn't it? It has that much more of a social pull then
1: yeah. than it does yeah, now, where it, it, it really seems to be. a community, community isn't it?
0: At least until the Ideal Org opens near us, where we'll be there <laughs> every Sunday for all their fun events. Bonnie decides to go into nursing. Lovely. And studies at the Herman Hospital School of Professional Nursing. Which is much better than the Herman Hospital School of Unprofessional yeah, Nursing next nursing. door. <laughs> so I'm glad she yeah. went, I'm glad she turned right on the path at the bottom <laughs> and went into that one. So she trains to be a nurse, graduates in 1948, and from then on worked as a registered nurse.
1: So she's much older than uh, Herth.
0: Yes. Well,
1: 10 years, was it?
0: Five years? born in 1931 she was born 1927. Oh, four years so yeah four or five okay. years but again that's quite interesting in terms of yeah. how, where they get to in their lives so she's also married in December 1949 she married businessman John Seagal Nettles <laughs> she so married S- a Steven seagull Steven Seagal has yeah. ruined oh. that name for all time she married a seagull yeah so, again, she's having quite a conventional
1: <laughs> conventional marrying a seagull. <laughs>
0: Apart from the seagull. Um, she's married. She's got a steady, sort of well-respected professional job. She's got yeah. a bit of a mission in life in terms of being a nurse, although it's, you know, hard, hard work, long hours. Absolutely. Uh, she's described as being biblically literate and sort of interested in religion, but not really devout. Again, sort yeah. of has a casual interest, which I just think is interesting you know compared to jim jones at four pretending to be a priest wrapped in a sheet yeah preaching to his stuffed animals about hitler it's about i think i remember that right um pretty much (laughs) it's very different that these people have a much looser
1: yeah
0: a much looser sort of connection
1: definitely
0: or or keeping their lives sort of diving into it pulling back diving into it pulling back Which I guess is true for lots of people at the time, right? It is about the time in American history, particularly where people are starting to question or not just
1: yeah, where we suddenly follow along. Okay, not to go to church.
0: Yeah, a little bit maybe. Um, So she's doing that, and alongside that sort of relationship to Christiana, she Christiana she
1: (laughs) Christiana, her best friend.
0: Alongside that interest in Christianity, she also develops an interest in the occult.
1: Yes! Yes!
0: <laughs> Every time we get close to this staff, listeners, you should see the excitement.
1: I, I uh, raise oh, my so arms, small. gently shaking them, and go, yes!
0: But at this point, she doesn't have a huge amount of time for her occult studies. Oh! I imagine it's quite difficult to get your hands on occult material. It is the end of the It's going into the 60s. Nah. 50s, 60s. But, um, she also has four children. Oh. Which probably takes up quite a lot of time. Ouch. Uh, as well, including Terry.
1: Yes, Terry features regularly on documentaries and things, don't yep.
0: Um Of oh, whom more later? Ooh. Or um, right now. Um, <laughs> before, uh, Terry's the <laughs> oldest great of.
1: Great suspense <laughs> building there,
0: John. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm just hoping we'll get sponsored at some point and that's where the advert can go. Right. I'm not, we're not going to do that, listeners. We're, we're going to do it just for the love. Before Terry was born, supposedly uh, Bonnie had had a miscarriage and two stillbirths. Oh,
1: no. Ouch. So
0: when Terry, who's the oldest of those four children, is born, they really have a strong bond. Yeah. And there's a real strong sense of that this is, you know, finally a what baby. should have been happening for yeah. um, for Bonnie. Uh, they bond a lot over the sound of music, which oh. is getting its second shout-out in this also probably a good conversation point when she meets her later yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so long as he doesn't cast her as the baroness. Um, <laughs> but they, the, um, Bonnie and Terry really love The Sound of Music. It's their favourite film. They watch it all the time. Oh, nice. We'll note at this point that uh, that is a musical which contains a song which has the lyric Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do. And move on. Uh, but it's really cute. It just sounds like they have a really lovely relationship. Bonnie makes one of the children's outfits from the sound of music Aww. for terry so that she can go around dressed so as so
1: one long, of the von trapp well children
0: yeah. I, d- I can't work out whether it's from the way she talks about it whether it's one of the ones that are made out of curtains oh, or I whether it's one so. of the little like sailor suits from either way very it should adorable. be a curtains one
1: shouldn't it
0: you, yeah. let's
1: wreck on that and pretend that that's true that's
0: what i'm going to imagine yeah now so she's yeah really has this intense relationship there and with her other children some of the other children have medical issues as well so there's a big sense of like really you know valuing and having that kind of strong family yeah um bond but life is hard she's working really long hours um as a nurse and she comes home on regular evenings sort of tired and fed up and there's this lovely story of bonnie coming home knackered, destroyed after a day at the hospital uh, one day really grumpy and fed up um, and sort of walks out of the house into the garden and sort of is sighing and looking up at the sky and Terry comes out to join her mum and they spend a little bit of time just looking at the stars together enjoying this sort of moment of peace and quiet and then suddenly somewhere amongst the stars they see a moving light and Bonnie sees it first and then Terry sees it and they follow this moving light as it traces across the sky and that really excites them that really fuels their imagination yeah. and they start talking about how I just love this kind of American vernacular of the time how neat it would be oh. if it was a UFO if that's what this moving light was that would be neat. and that all of the stress of their life and the hospital and the, all of the things that are going on the, the ufo would just come along pick them up and take them away to visit other planets
1: oh that's a fun little game to play with your mom isn't and
0: it? they talk about what the other planets might be like oh, cool. and what kind you know what the sky would be like and what would it would look like there and what they do when they visited this planet and yeah. this planet and this planet oh uh, that sounds um, like what
1: i do when i have a lottery ticket yeah. And I know I won't win, but I spend the whole day going, when I win, I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to send my mum a house and I'm going to buy my sister a house. I'm going
0: to send your mum a house in the I post. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be really difficult. You, know, you better hope she's at home when the postman you comes, know, otherwise. You're
1: driving along and you, hear, you see that like, wide load vehicle, <laughs> along and then there's a house on the back of it. Mum, expect
0: that. <laughs> I'm just imagining the sort of the. And then the guy being there with the sign for this thing because <laughs> yeah. it won't fit through the letterbox. No, of course. Uh, and the house just being outside. <laughs> just leaving
1: it in the driveway. <laughs> oh sorry in advance mum <laughs>
0: it'll happen Those, our Patreon donations are going are to skyrocket now and it'll, it'll happen it'll sometime happen. soon yeah. um, so they have this really sweet <laughs> bonding moment but it also reflects something else that both of them feel a little bit sort of disconnected to parts of their lives and yeah. unsatisfied mm-hmm. um, Terry says we felt we didn't like it here, we didn't feel like we really belonged
1: Something a lot of people can understand.
0: Yeah, and so there, yeah, there's just something really, just moving about that image of mum and daughter looking out to the stars, wishing they could, yeah, be, you know, flown away from their lives as they currently are in that moment.
1: Kind of in the same in the same way as the the vampires, isn't it? Yes, they they all felt kind of lonely and didn't belong anywhere.
0: Yeah. So this also presumably is prompting this spiritual seeking, and it's the time sure. for this, right? We're moving into the 1960s, where everything is about finding yourself. We're doing really good exploring mimes um, right now gestures. with our arms and with our Ooh. fingers. It's a time when suddenly there's a lot of publishing of stuff that's a bit more you know esoteric. Suddenly, lots of stuff from the far East has come in and been really popularly introduced. Sure. The Beatles are doing their bit to promote say the Beatles, transcendental so, meditation, yeah. etc.
1: Recording with spoons around the studio and things.
0: <laughs> exactly. Those pesky spoons. Pesky spoons. Um, and so she's starting to look in that direction for, for things. Not only her sort of this nice dreamlike notion of UFOs coming to take you out of your boring life, but also spiritual seeking. So in February 1966, she joins the Houston Lodge of the Theosophical Society in America. Oh. Yes, our old friends from last episode. Yes. The followers of Helena Blavatsky are back here. Ding ding ding. Because they're such huge proponents of sort of alternative spirituality. Yeah. Um from the from the 20th century, um really bringing together a range of spiritual practices as we've talked about last time. Mhm. And really promoting <clears throat> Disincarnate spirits Ascended masters Telepathic powers Hidden and revealed gnosis So again this idea of secret occult knowledge That you could then access And uh, Bonnie is super into this Yes, yeah, sure. Really enjoying this mix Of like eastern mysticism And, and what becomes new age yeah. Thought, things that are channeled Ascended masters, the idea that they might be Outside Influence um, and secret knowledge that you could attain even if you're in Houston, Texas. And she also becomes massively interested in astrology. Uh. Not only does she study it and follow it herself, but she becomes an amateur astrologer. Okay. And in fact, later ends up with an astrology column in the local paper. Oh,
1: fun. Yeah. She was Mystic Bonnie Lou. Yeah. Very cool. So it's, again, it's
0: really interesting that she goes from this, you know, quite a respectable, I guess, in Texas terms. Yeah, nurse. nurse Baptist, yeah. mother, and then suddenly, you know, she's got an astrology column on the side, mm. she's going to the Theosophical Society, of which there is a big UK, because it sort of, I think, originally was set up here, maybe, yeah. and then went elsewhere. When so. do we go and visit, John? I don't know. It's great. They're they in London, but we could. Oh, that's we really could work out a, a possibility um yeah. anyway so she's massively into that um idea of theosophy we talked about this a little bit last time i'm just going to do a quick recap about things that might become important later on theosophy is all about the blending of science and religion yeah so it's quite similar in that way to things like um spiritualism that sort of set up at the same kind of time late 1800s mm-hmm. uh early 19. 19- hundreds but particularly it's influenced by buddhism hinduism christianity and the western occult tradition
1: very fun so
0: it's pulling all of these things but also sort of going yeah we're going to mix that with some science as well yeah and we're going to create this this sort of, i was going to say melange is that a word yeah this melange of
1: Ooh, we're things. multicultural
0: today listeners <laughs> we are <laughs> you're welcome um so there are some key ideas in theosophy that might be important later on might Uh,
1: they i wonder why you chose these specific ones
0: (laughs) they believe in the evolution of the human soul through reincarnation right that's a pretty strong theosophical belief that there is access to learning from spiritual masters inhabiting distant physical or spiritual places or planes
1: okay Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It took me a... That was a long sentence. It, it was me a, a long sentence. To process it. Cool.
0: Um, they really idolise science.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is... I get... That just, I, it fascinates... Weird
1: little oxymoron me. there, isn't it? Yeah.
0: But that's... You know, the thing about spiritualism that's really interesting is that they set themselves up as a religion where they prove the supernatural claims they're making. Admittedly, they prove that with mediums who... Like the Fox sisters, who sort of kick off spiritualism as a fad later turn out to maybe have been almost certainly faking all of the phenomena, yeah, but they really want to find a real rigorous scientific way to to prove the things they're claiming mm-hmm. in a way that sort of has drifted out of some of those movements, yeah, now, um so they believe in these ascended masters in living masters, spiritual beings, and Venusians, that is aliens from venus there
1: we go great yeah great
0: and that they can talk to them via channeling so that human beings can be used as vessels for these other ascended beings and aliens to communicate
1: very nice i like the little gesture you did there john did a kind of spirit fingers gesture at me
0: i was showing or the like a zoidberg yeah zoidberg yeah. style i was showing the spiritual teachings leaving my mouth very nice and drifting out in channeling sounds to the Venetians. <laughs> yes yeah all of this podcast so far listeners has just been us attempting to contact the venusian ascended masters if you're a venusian ascended master (laughs) and you're listening please email us coffee and gmail.com we'd love to hear from you um they also believe that these ascended masters can embody themselves on earth yeah and in fact, at different times have been embodied on Earth and then ascended up to higher realms. So this idea that you can okay, travel sweet. in both directions, right?
1: Right. Okay, so like um, like the kittens might believe that you...
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That you, yeah, come inhabit a body and leave and that that's something these ascended masters can decide to do. I see. She stays a member of the Theosophical Society until 1973. Yep. So she's there for quite a while on and off in different ways. But it seems likely that all of this new exploration of the occult and theosophy and having her astrology column doesn't go down so well with her husband. Right. It's very different, I suppose, from the the woman he first met. Yeah. And he's seemingly not down with it. Um, her marriage begins to deteriorate. <laughs> so this one article says, In part, due to Nettle's belief that a 19th century monk named Brother Francis frequently spoke to her and gave her instructions. I'm
1: sure that's true. Yeah. Definitely. That definitely happened. Definitely. Brother Francis.
0: Brother Francis is talking to her on the regular, giving her advice. Sure. He's very much the third person in this marriage. Ah. Which seems to not go well. Now, on one hand, I'm sure this is also a bit of 1960s, early 70s husband going what are you doing? Thinking for yourself? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um,
1: there must be a man telling you to do this, see?
0: <laughs> and one that's not a spiritual Franciscan ghost monk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> but that's putting a bit of a strain on their marriage because she's sort of super, super influenced by this stuff to the point where, yeah. you know, there's this other person in the family who's providing her with guidance.
1: Goodness. Wow, so does that... I don't know. I'm certainly not a... Uh... It's a psychiatrist, but does this mean some, like, multiple personality thing? Again, it's so hard
0: to say, isn't it? Because is that, like, hearing voices? Is that um, that kind of delusion? Or one of the things when I used to occasionally visit spiritualist churches for fun... Yeah. Because um, there was one just around from my house when I was a student. I think what I learned, having gone, either it's all bollocks or it's definitely true, which of these is it? Yeah. that in fact uh, and that and, and or it's all being faked, yeah, but actually, I think lots of people have convinced themselves they're doing that thing.
1: oh, yeah, absolutely
0: and that and they're not, you know, they don't have a mental illness, yeah, but what they've done is sort of construct this sort of scaffold in their head, yeah, that their imaginative world has a level of realness
1: lied to themselves so convincingly that they've been convinced
0: sort of or that they just have a different relationship to the imagined space in our heads
1: oh that's a very cool way to put it so
0: that the way that they you know it's like taking the imaginary friend to the nth degree right that's not a that's not a symptom of madness necessarily but that's understanding what's happening in your head in a different
1: Yeah, like Derek O'Connor way. and Sam.
0: Yes. Sam? Yes. Beca- yeah. mm. But then he's, a, mm. he's,
1: an, he's an open eye, isn't he? He
0: has been caught definitely cheating yeah. enough that I wouldn't strongly put money either way on whether he thinks that voice in his head is real or not. No. Whereas I think someone like Mia Dolan, who has disappeared now, and I'd love to know what happened to her. Oh, I don't know who
1: that is. Um,
0: she suddenly very quickly became quite a famous TV medium and then ah. sort of has completely just dis- published quite a few books and then disappeared
1: Ooh.
0: Um, yeah I'd be quite interested to know I mean maybe she just got sick of it and then that's possible changed her name um,
1: started working in boots or something
0: but unless she's an out and out fraud you sort of when she talks you know I think again she just this like character in her imagination suddenly became very real for her wow
1: cool okay
0: it's weird isn't it what the human brain
1: definitely
0: does that's which is why you know all that sort of the shamanic stuff i think is quite interesting because that's not unless you really think when people do that they're traveling to a spirit dimension where well, what they're actually doing is, is holidaying in their own imaginations <laughs> yeah which is cool and actually there might be stuff there that's useful and that actually them you know there's probably quite a lot of therapeutic use to that i'm sure but just how you describe that about whether it's yeah anyway so that's what's going on in Bonnie's head sure some At psychoanalysis this point, of this lady we've maybe, never met maybe just, yeah no, but interesting was, huh interesting. Um, she goes to seances mediums psychics she's you know doing but all that she's spiritual she's
1: bloody tired being a nurse all day
0: oh, then going looking after to...
1: four kids then going and doing a seance like <laughs> it
0: man, takes you have out of you take a cup
1: of tea and sit down <laughs>
0: Well, she makes it a bit easier for herself, Sam, yeah. because she starts hosting a séance circle group for channelling at her house on Wednesday nights. Oh, fun. So she brings the séance to her. Yeah. Um, like some people play, play Dungeons
1: nice. and Dragons, she does séances. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, and uh, there they channel Brother Francis. Obviously, he's regularly sure. getting in touch. At oh. Marilyn Monroe. Also, a regular attendant.
1: Definitely. (laughs)
0: Allegedly, of these groups. And, as you might expect, extraterrestrials from Venus. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, they go without saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're always there. Yeah. They're here. We've got uh, three here in the room with us right now, listeners. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, That is definitely true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And she starts doing astrology much more. She's Mm -hmm. got the columns. She's reading, doing people's astrological charts. So she's doing the real, she's not just doing. Hey, this Thursday, Taurus, you'll be mildly surprised in a car park. She's not doing that kind <laughs> of... Um, I should really have an astrology comment.
1: Um, How about a uh, Patreon? John's uh, horoscopes. I will no, do. that's what we're going to do. So we'll do it together. We'll do uh, monthly horoscopes.
0: Fine. Great. Yes, yeah. we'll do that. We're committing to that. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> Every month, Taurus, it's just gonna be about yes,
1: you being surprised in a car. No, but that's all it is. It's not uh, Sagittarius. You will be surprised in a supermarket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, focus. Um so she's doing people's astrology charts, which means she's doing the full you know, uh I'm trying to mime this now listeners you can't see that um He's just
1: drawing some shapes with thing, a compass
0: yeah. numbers and so she yeah, 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 she's not just doing that. I think this is what's gonna happen for Taurus this week. she's doing all the weird uh, because of codec this star stuff and yeah. This, yeah um uh which she thinks is a gift she's uh she's got from God, and sure. that she's gained this ability and this insight and that she's got spiritual helpers, Put all of this is increasingly putting a strain on her. On her marriage, I've got I've got an image in my head of like um, her husband in in one room with his pipe, yeah. uh, and her having to close the door for the séance in the next room.
1: I'm imagining it very much like in in Mary Poppins, like how the mum's going off to the suffragette meetings and the dad works in yes. the bank. Yes. That's what I'm imagining.
0: <laughs> but instead, now in my head, she's putting on like a colander with antenna to go yeah. and communicate <laughs> sure, with sure, the people sure. from yeah. Venus. She's doing that. Um, in 1972. She saw multiple fortune tellers who told her she was going to meet a mysterious man who was tall with light hair and a fair complexion all of which brings us up this is where in the film these two separate storylines in the non rom-com <laughs> setup yeah. are going to suddenly cross the
1: sliding door's are sliding whoosh, whoosh. Whoosh.
0: because we're in March 1972 sweet Bonnie is 44, Marshall is 41. There we go. And she's heading towards a divorce. Applewhite is already divorced. Both have had sort of a moment of sort of crisis in what their life was like and this yeah, yeah. this period of change and they meet. But Oh where and how they meet Sam yeah. is uncertain.:
1: Okay, so I was just going to ask where, um, but we don't know.
0: It's... so. yeah. The most popular accepted version is that they meet in the hospital where she works, okay. in Houston hospital.
1: Yeah
0: In Apple White's writings, he says, uh, he was visiting a hospitalized friend when Mrs. Nettles entered the room and their eyes locked. In a shared recognition of esoteric secrets.
1: <laughs>
0: Which that's... is how our eyes quite often. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say,
1: that's when we're with a group of people and someone walks over that we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: never and happens. Now,
1: everyone who knows us is wondering if it's them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just look out for that look of shared recognition the of answer esoteric is, secrets. It is you. <laughs> if you haven't noticed that look, <laughs> it's been about you.
1: I'm
0: not going to cut this. <laughs> it's fine. I don't think actually a large number of our friends listen, so no, it's fine. No. <clears throat> so that's one version. Yeah. His sister says that he'd suffered a near-death experience and was hospitalised because of a serious heart blockage.
1: Oh. Well, so he says that his friend was hospitalised. Yep,
0: and he was just visiting, and, and that's when he met. sister
1: says that he was hospitalised.
0: Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, Robert Bolch, the sociologist, who was one of the early studiers of Heaven's Gate... In fact, he joined Heaven's Gate with somebody else for a little bit to study them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, He says that Applewhite's account is, is right, that he met her while visiting a friend. Yeah. Evan Thomas, a reporter on Heaven's Gate, claimed that Applewhite was a mental patient at the hospital who had suffered a mental collapse but he has provided no evidence or source for that okay. claim. Okay, so he's, it's,
1: it's generally accepted that they met at the hospital, either because Marshall health was a patient or he was visiting a patient. Either way, it's a, a, another abuse of power, isn't it? If a nurse is forming a relationship with either a patient or a family member of a patient, surely that's against a code of conduct somewhere.
0: I don't. I don't know. If you're a nurse...
1: We need to start doing our own research. A lot of times we say, if you're a, a, a this thing, can you tell us the answer? I think it's
0: fine if you, that's yeah. just where you meet, I think, as long as you don't yeah bone them in the hospital. I think you're all right. I don't know.
1: I think that's exactly what it says <laughs> on the Code of Conduct, yeah. <laughs> don't bone them in the hospital. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, Sam, yeah, Terry Nettles...
1: Yeah, oh, okay. Bonnie's
0: daughter... So we believe her said the two met at a drama school in a theatre. Oh. Applewhite was teaching at the school and one of Nettles' sons was attending it. That son, Joe Nettles, has corroborated this story. Okay. So who knows... I
1: suppose those two things could be true, in that he was visiting a friend and said, oh, hey, I'm teaching at this class. Oh, my son goes to that class. So here
0: what I think is what's really interesting, because it's a bit like, you know, in terms of like the development of religions, like lots of those different things could be true. Yeah. But it's a better story, right? If they maybe knew each other from the thing and then one day saw each other in the hospital to go, actually, it was this moment in the hospital that yeah. was true. Because that is a better story, right? Than yeah, we yeah. met at a drama class. Yeah. Or they might have met in a hospital and not really connected, and then bonded at the theatre, yeah, school, sure. and that. But and then it's better to go back and go, an yeah,
1: understanding or whatever it was.
0: But I think you know, if you look at the formation of early religions and go, well, how do we know what happened? This is in 1972, yeah. and there are already five conflicting versions, all of which or none of which might be true about how these two people met. Yeah. Anyway, really,
1: they were on the bus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on their way to get an STI check. <laughs> <laughs> I, say,
0: I hope this is something libelous. Now. Yeah. <laughs> they probably won't sue.
1: I mean, but having an STI check isn't libelous, is it? It's not cause for libel. It's just a sensible thing to do with your sexual health, right?
0: Get checked, right? everybody. So uh, next section. That's How public
1: <laughs> health announcement for the day.
0: How mad was Applewhite, (laughs) question mark? Uh,
1: On a scale of one to batshit.
0: Mm. Yeah. So we've talked about this idea that his sexual and relationship issues led to some of the cult's emphasis later on on celibacy and control. More of that later. Ooh. Um, Robert Glenn Howard, a scholar of communication whatever that means.
1: We didn't say anything then, but both of us just raised our eyebrows at each other and that was just an important moment of esoteric communication.
0: (laughs) Said that these obsessive beliefs, um, human psychic problems of identity formation, the rejection of the body and gendered social norms and sexual identity led to some of the things that happen in Heaven's Gate later on. So he's really drawing a... A, a strong connection there,
1: but, and we will get to it in likely in the third episode, I should think, this particular thing that you're referring to, I think, um in that yeah, that's absolutely true, yeah, it must be
0: Oh yeah, at least there's a strong connection there, which again goes back to the stuff we've said before about Manson and Jim Jones, where it's like problems they have in their lives then just shape yeah uh, consciously or unconsciously, yeah, everything about their like idealized world that they then. Um, build sociologist susan kane says that he had severe mental health problems but again that's kind of disputed a little bit he certainly did seem crazy to some people during his like awakening voices time which he seems to have told people about but it seems that he didn't display any of that behavior like after this point after 1975 okay. onwards really that sort of those kind of experiences and eccentricities i mean there are other eccentricities coming up listeners strap oh, in big ones but that those um, ones sort of don't reappear in a way that you might expect if he was being hospitalized for sure sure
1: sure but then psychotic with, breaks with at this with point that quote unquote crazy thing in the if he was afraid of the voices that he was hearing that might make him seem crazy, but yeah. when if he if he met this person that made him suddenly unafraid of what he was still hearing, he would seem less crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So so Susan Cain sort of says yeah definitely schizophrenic and delusional. There doesn't seem to be a clinical reason to think that's true necessarily, okay. but it's a bit complex, right? And this idea that you've just sort of said, Sam, which perfectly chimes with my next note, ah. which is. Did nettles feed his delusion?
1: Yeah.
0: Or help stabilize him, um, yeah. sort of from and around his delusion, Ooh, which I think is kind of interesting. Who can, right? say. who can say? Sam can say in the next episode. No, no, no. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I thought it would be fun to go. Questions. Sam will definitely say. <laughs> so um, this meeting between them becomes super super important. Um, Applewhite says. From that moment, my life changed, and changed very significantly. I felt I had known her forever. I'd wanted someone to do an astrological chart on me, so when I met her, I ran out to my car and got my birth certificate.
1: Oh yeah, 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 so she knew the time and the date and the rising moon and the setting moon. What's the other one called? There's a, like the sun sign and the moon sign and the Libra rising. I think that's what I am.
0: Cool, maybe. I mean, yeah,
1: that's as much as it means to me as well. <laughs>
0: I'm a Capricorn, but I'm on the Sagittarius cusp.
1: Ooh.
0: It's it's quite cute there that he's just presumably been driving around with... I mean, I don't know if you have to have your birth certificate with you at that point. I wouldn't think so, but he clearly has it with him all the time in case he meets the person who's going to do his astrological chart Aww. and solve all his uh, confusion and um, problems. Yeah. So he really turns to her for help from his experiences, especially via... An astrological chart. So she does her thing.
1: Yeah, I suppose if that was true, if they, if it was at the point of the meeting, that he would not have been a mental patient at that time. No. If his birth certificate was in his car, however, if his birth certificate was in his medical file. Yeah.
0: But also, it's quite again, it's quite a neat story, right? And that yeah. I met her on the off chance in the hospital, went out and got my birth certificate straight away, and she did it then versus like if you'd met someone a couple of times at the uh, drama, drama school club. you teach at, <laughs> yeah. and then eventually found out she did astrology, and then
1: yeah,
0: it does you know it's got a little bit of that quality of myth making
1: yeah
0: to it maybe. Um, so she does his chart, yeah. She draws it up, and wouldn't you know, she decides, well, she doesn't decide obviously the stars the decide. Stars decide. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, that they had known each other in a past life.
1: Oh, that's convenient.
0: And that they had an important mission together. Yes. A quote from Applewhite, It was as if we were being guided by forces greater than ourselves. We were snatched from our previous lives. We went through a very confusing period of transition. so suddenly they've got this way that sort of suddenly all of their turmoil and everything that's happened in their lives makes sense because that's been clearing the decks right for them to meet because this is the other person that they're supposed to be with
1: gosh how exciting to have a mission yeah how exciting must that be to like feel lost and then meet someone and go aha i'm not lost anymore that must be very cool
0: yeah that's also quite a strain to put on a relationship isn't it to go we are destined to oh, be a partnership. And yeah.
1: by no means saying that it's logical no. or rational but it must be quite fun.
0: Yes. I mean I very much feel Sam that you and I are destined <laughs> to be. A-
1: Absolutely. This was always destined to happen. <laughs> because that is definitely something that we believe continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: but again there's something you know there's something I don't know sweet is the right word given where this is going to end up but the, about Currently, these about these two explorers who've had difficult relationships, yeah. finding this like platonic friendship, they've got the same interests, yeah. and they feel like they've got work to do together.
1: That's when it's us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and that they have a shared fate.
1: Although I think I'm too lazy to be an explorer,
0: but anyway. <laughs> That's fine. With that armchair explorer, it's okay. There was something that compelled us to spend time together and listen to each other and search together this, is, this does sound like you and me um although not this next bit we were going through an awakening
1: i mean when we went to dublin we woke up at the same time because we stayed in the hostel and together we did
0: go through an awakening that together an there awakening. we go so this is all us um <laughs> at this point they spend loads of time together right yeah. they start going to events together Um, terry remembers herf being in their house a lot yeah And they're going through this sort of mutual spiritual development, trying to work out what they should do, what path is right, how they can get some more answers to what they're supposed to do together. What Um,
1: spiritual group should they research next week? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, no. So they open. we just found out
1: where we were reincarnated from, John. (laughs) What if that's the end of this series, is that we find out that actually...
0: (laughs) Fortunately, uh, those dates don't match up. At least not for Not ah. But... Oh. Maybe for Bonnie. Maybe I'm Bonnie.
1: <laughs> Maybe you're Bonnie.
0: <laughs> How would we know? Maybe I'm Bonnie is a creepy thing to say with that <laughs> tone of voice and eye contact. <laughs> um, so, knowing that they've got a shared spiritual destiny, yep. they do what any of us would do, Sam. They open a bookshop. Again, I think that's something I can imagine us doing together. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, up until a point, I'm like, yeah, cool, we could do this.
0: So they open a bookstore called the Christian Arts Centre. No,
1: that's where we've gone. Yeah.
0: Uh, Where they have books and classes. Um, There's loads of New Age stuff. So there's books on astrology, meditation, mysticism. Mm -hmm. They've got stuff that's like about um, Christian Gnosticism and the Dead Sea Scrolls and all that sort of um, apocrypha stuff. So there is some Christian uh input uh they have books on theosophy obviously they also have arts and some music programs that Hurf runs cool um and it's all about you know self-transformation spiritual transformation that whole new age um bag and they do classes so they teach people the you know the things they've picked up from different places but that fails pretty quickly after a few months right yeah there's not not enough call for that for that um uh bookshop so instead they move a little bit out of the town and they found a retreat centre called Sam. You'll like this. I will. No place. K-N-O-W oh, place. Oh, no place. No place. Oh,
1: hey, where are you going? No, no place.
0: place. Which, what did you do? I don't like to praise cult leaders, but that's fucking genius. I yeah, <laughs> that's, that's such really a good name. <laughs> So they're teaching classes. They've got people staying for retreats. They're tutoring people in their spiritual journeys.
1: Going to retreat to no place. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Um.
0: Really running into all the theosophy stuff. Fine. Yeah. But again, they're not quite sure if this is what this. Sp- but this is just a way to like engage with lots of spiritual things, right? And try stuff out. Um. At this point. And haven't we all done this at difficult times in our lives? They consulted a Filipino occultist no. and Hindu mystic. <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I'm next
1: seeing my Filipino occultist and Hindu mystic on Wednesday. <laughs> You're
0: <always laughs> yeah. tripping over them, aren't you? Constantly as you walk through the streets <laughs> you know, of the city we live in. Where we
1: live, you can't yep. move for Filipino mystic. Occultists and, who are occultists Hindu mystics. And, yeah. oh. it's
0: such a niche thing. Um, but he agrees that they have a spiritual mission. Yeah. And he renames them um he renames nettles shakti devi oh which means powerful goddess Ugh.
1: powerful goddess
0: yeah and he renames apple white shri pranava which means roughly auspicious mantra which is Ooh. less cool than the nickname that Bonnie got yeah. <laughs> if i was her if i'd be uh, annoyed and um,
1: yeah you, you yeah you don't want to be an auspicious like it's an auspicious mantra, like a creepy phrase, mm. or a, a brilliant goddess. Powerful goddess. Powerful goddess. It's a
0: bit like in um, The End of the Line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, <laughs> when the children get, um, like, spoiler, crowned. Oh, yeah. Um, kings and queens of Narnia. And it's like, um, I don't remember them exactly now. There's Peter the Magnificent, yeah. who's the eldest boy, um, Edmund the Kind. No, um,. The I don't know uh, oh, Wise or something yeah. um, Susan the awesome uh, no sorry what's the youngest one called Lucy Lucy the awesome and then Susan is Susan the gentle oh. so like all the others have really kickass Wait. cool names and it's like yeah it's like you Susan you just get gentle gentle,
1: gentle Susan <laughs> yeah, she's like so much better than
0: um, oh, you got me lazy Susan. Susan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's something that it, it presents one cake at a time. Yes. Like one gently gives you one cake, <laughs> only on one side.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> all of which is to say, yeah, these two are really investing in each other. At this point, Nettles' marriage is not gonna stand up to much no. more of this. Oh, I
1: thought she was already this new partnership. Then,
0: no? no, no, no. This is all while well, still being. um <laughs> Uh, Just her husband together. sitting in that same chair smoking <laughs> with his the pipe, same pipe. Checking his watch.
1: Yeah.
0: So they start referring to each other now, having had their new nicknames, but also they come up with a catchy new name for themselves, which is The Two.
1: Cool.
0: And they decide it's time for them to move on to bigger things.
1: Yeah.
0: So on New Year's Day 1973, Nettle's daughter, Carrie, is doing spotlight on a show. There's a lot of like musical theater connection yeah. music connection um and during the intermission of that show, Bonnie arrives to say goodbye because she's leaving oh. forever wow she says she tells her daughter we'll be back, but we're going to find out what we're supposed to be doing, and she leaves her family to go off with her f- um cool and her three so three of the jo- the three children are left with their father um and I think by this point Terry is Old enough that she's living on her own, from what right. I remember. So apologies, fact fans, if that's not true. Um, but she walks out on her family. Bye! Um, to go off spiritually exploring for an undisclosed period of time. Has left her job.
1: Yeah.
0: And now they're going to go off? And now they go Into the new, brave new world. Um, so they head off on travels through the southwest and western USA... And they visit new age groups and different retreat centres and gurus Fun. and churches. It does sound amazing in yeah. some ways. Um, they go on different retreats, uh, and all the time they just sort of they don't have any money really. Uh-huh. They work odd jobs, including ditching. Di- <laughs> I can't say that, including digging ditches. Yeah. For money. Um, they also a
1: spiritual experience.
0: I, I guess in some in some respects, um, they also sell their blood for money. So they're really yeah. hard up. But they're doing this thing of going and seeking and seeing who else is out there. What
1: did it? was there.
0: 1973?
1: Yeah. I wonder if they ever met Jones or his group.
0: Oh, possibly.
1: Travelling around looking for different spiritual groups. That'd be
0: the right bit of the USA? South, west and West? Yeah, it would yeah. be, I guess. Quite possibly. Or at least might have come across some of his church um, members. Yeah. Um, so they're reading, they're exploring, they're really looking for what their purpose might be. Um Sometimes they're so poor that they're just eating. Uh, they're just surviving on bread rolls. Um, they're camping out in different places. Sometimes they um, skip on paying their bills for meals and things like that. So they're leading quite Ooh, a
1: quite a fun life.
0: Yeah, and in the, in the book it talks about them. But you know, this is like in the 50s. You've had Jack Kerouac and the Beatnik kind of yeah. You know, drop out and travel around, um, the, tramps the on the railroad kind of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then you've had the hippies sort of going into communes and going off grid, and they're sort of at the late end of that, but sort of, yeah, going off on these new, different kind of adventures. Cool. Until July 1973, when they're camping on the Oregon coast near Rogue River, Ooh. which is one of the best named rivers. Yeah. Um, I think. And while they're camping there, they come to a realisation, Sam. Yeah? Oh, yeah. They decide, obviously... As Dan
1: says this, he's producing a small copy of, of the New Testament and Psalms.
0: They decide they are the two witnesses described in the Christian New Testament's Book of Revelation.
1: Oh, and he's bookmarked a page.
0: I don't think we've had any Bible
1: readings on this podcast yet, have
0: we? <laughs> I don't think we have. Excellent. <clears throat> so they're reading the Bible, presumably, and they come across this pac- uh, passage and decide this is definitely what what's uh, going on. Right. Uh, so this is Revelation chapter 11, the two witnesses. And bear in mind, this is the book of Revelation, right, which is sort of uh, this... I'm trying to think of a way to say this that isn't offensive. Is that like um,
1: fire and brimstone? Ones? It's
0: this bonkers like vision that's full of really strange imagery and yeah, it's right. it's all a bit mad. Which so what I'm about to say will sound a little bit. You
1: definitely said that in a good way of not making it. Offensive. Was that all right? That's all a bit mad. Yep. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs>
0: it! to a lay person. Oh no, sh- 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 no, shut up, shut up. No, don't <yeah>. Chapter eleven. <laughs> i do this as if i have been invited to do the CBB's uh, bedtime story.
1: Yeah, you're going to get memes like Tom Hardy.
0: (laughs) I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar and count the worshippers there. But exclude the outer court, do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. And I will give power to the holy no, I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth, which is a long time to wear sackcloth it's the four years. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the Earth. <laughs> John just pointed at his new lamp. Yeah. Which <laughs> has a, it's
1: Marshall,
0: got a I lamp. <laughs> <laughs> He's been here the whole time. Just down there on the floor. <laughs> okay. Sorry, lampstands is where
1: you are.
0: <laughs> lampstands that stand before the Lord of the Earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. These men have power to shut up the sky, so that, shut up sky, so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. And they have the power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want.
1: That's a bloody long Bible verse.
0: Can you, yeah. can you imagine reading this and going, hey, this is,
1: That's definitely take about that,
0: Taurus, you'll feel confused in the car park. This is the <laughs> thing that really um, explains my life. <clears throat> yeah now when they have finished their testimony the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them their bodies will lie in the street of a great city which is figuratively called sodom and egypt which sounds like a really bad tribute <laughs>
1: act, <Yeah. doesn't> it?
0: <laughs> where also their lord was crucified For three and a half days, men from every people, tribe, language and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts.
1: (laughs) Right, so wait, 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 wait. I'm not a Bible scholar, as you might be surprised to hear. But so, just to sum that up, like a too-long-don't-read thing is that God's worried that... His church is going to get destroyed, so you've got to to just destroy the... Measure the outside. Measure the inside bit, not the outside bit. So I
0: think he's talking about that there's two groups of followers, right? Go and count all these true close followers in here. Don't worry about the ones that are on the outside, that are sort of almost... They're not as important. And there are going to be these two witnesses... And they're going to prophesy, and they're going to say these amazing things wearing about God, wearing sex for four years, yeah. for four years yeah. and then they're going to be killed. Uh,
1: cool. and then everyone's going to come and have a little. Peek and everyone at their will
0: will mock them,
1: and and it will be like Christmas.
0: And it will be like Christmas, but after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and terror struck those who saw them.
1: It would have been way better if they stood on the hands.
0: (laughs) If I'd been brought back from the dead, that's the first thing that I'm going to do.
1: handstand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which I can't do now, but apparently feel like I'll be able to do after being a corpse.
1: (laughs) For three and a half days. three and
0: a half days.
1: I'm
0: sure. It's got a lot of pressure on the wrists. (laughs) And then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here oh I d oh I don't know why I did flirty, God then, I'm really <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's better than like a like a mum, like a I come up here sort of thing, isn't
0: it? <laughs> Maybe. I I was in a production of Antony and Cleopatra once and I was Pompey.
1: Yeah.
0: Pompey, Pompey. Um and uh there's a moment where I'm I'm hosting a meeting on my boat and my like last line in this scene was <laughs> was come down into my boat come you know yeah. into the boat to have a meeting but I couldn't find a way to say that that didn't sound weird because the sort of scene would happen and I have to go come down into my boat <laughs> there's no, just no, no way
1: no. you can't put accent on any of those words to make it not weird no come down into my boat you have to do it come
0: down into my boat no
1: you have to do the iambic pentameter come have to down
0: into stick. my boat
1: come down into my boat I still That's
0: think it. it sounds a no. bit sexual um uh Come down into my boat. <laughs> Come down into my
1: boat. No. Come down into my boat. <laughs> Come down into my boat.
0: Right, fine. So this voice um, from heaven has said that. Um, and they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. Yeah. That's, I mean, there is more. Okay. But that's Thanks. as much as we probably need to hear. There's quite a lot of the Bible. At this <laughs> point. <laughs> what if the rest of this podcast it, was me just <laughs> reading the Bible with occasional next... commentary from Sam? So they go, yes, this is us. We're going to be prophets. We're not going to be, the people aren't going to really listen to us. We're yeah. going to be martyred and killed, but then God will come and a cloud will carry us off into heaven.
1: Sure, I'm sure that's all true.
0: Although, obviously, they aren't so keen on the cloud idea. They think, you know, this is at the time that, you know, Eric Von Daniken's books have been out about ancient astronauts and things. So they start to think that maybe the cloud might be something else.
1: is that the noise you need that is it the noise of a ufo there we
0: go so they think that's what's going to happen they're going to die be brought back to life and taken off on a ufo um with their followers the this close group of community that are the true believers not the other people who aren't going to listen or the people who are sort of in the church but not really yeah so this is bonkers right in the uh
1: yeah john yeah. Given, you know, <laughs>
0: they've been going through this different phase of, like, New Age stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then suddenly they've tacked round right into Christian, evangelical, Protestant, conservative prophecy
1: yeah.
0: talk. Um, and this idea of, like, the rapture of the faithful. Um, in 1970, a famous book was published called The Late Great Planet Earth okay. by Hal Lindsay, which was a book of Bible prophecy, effectively saying the prophecies in the Bible about the end of the world are true, yeah. and this is how they apply to the world right now. The world is going to end soon.
1: We could write that book for 2019. Yeah,
0: man, definitely. It's long long overdue, right? <sighs> um, so, yeah, so that's quite a common idea that suddenly gained mass appeal again in America because of the publication of this book. Yeah. And basically what they've done is slapped some New Age content into that um story as well
1: what story isn't improved by slapping some new age content into it
0: so for example not only do they think they're going to be carried off in a ufo um to get to heaven they believe that through biological and chemical processes sam they would be converted into perfected alien beings and live in the next level or the evolutionary level above human which is what Jesus had done previously.
1: Yes. And is also what the kittens try to do.
0: And I guess is similar to the Mormon idea, right? Of going off and getting your own planet in yeah. a new heavenly body?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that only applies to you and not to me because I'm a lady and how could I possibly have my own planet?
0: No, you would have to be my wife and come to my planet. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I um this is again incidental, but I was on a bus. We have quite a few Mormons in the city that we live in. Yeah. Um, and I was sat between two, um, uh, Mormons who clearly had like fallen out.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so. Funny but they have they to have be to within however room. much time. But yeah. clearly,
0: they were both you know uh, upset and angry, and then one of them was trying to talk to the other one, who just was having none of it. And it was just the best, and I was sat just behind them, going, "Oh, this is really interesting. This must be the most awkward situation of all time." I
1: had a a brief Mormon encounter the other day, um, and it was only after because I was just walking to to work, and then someone stopped me and said, "Hello, can I tell you about something?" And I was like, "Oh no," and then looked and realised who it was, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yes, 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 come back, talk to me. But you can't turn out, You can't say no rudely to someone. I was just expecting back. to be some person, you yeah. know, as a human and people stop you on the street, it's annoying.
0: Don't try and talk to Sam if you see her in the street, listeners. No,
1: don't. Definitely don't. Nah.
0: <laughs> Come and talk to me, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, oh, shame.
1: Yeah. But if I see some more, I'll pay attention. There are attention just lots. But then the it's thing amazing. is, if, were they not, had they not been Mormons and it had just been some random man who wanted to tell me something. Would oh yeah, been, that's not cool. Yeah.
0: There's no reason for a man to tell a stranger something in the street. <coughs> Unless, no, Unless, I no, take it back. There, there might is. be an emergency, there might be an...
1: an emergency, but you dropped something.
0: Hush my mouth.
1: Shut
0: up. So, let's instead <laughs> go back to Houston. <laughs> because after travelling around, visiting gurus, and then having this revelation...
1: Yeah.
0: ...about revelation... Oh.
1: oh ...in sorry. July...
0: Um, They continue wandering around and sort of developing this idea and then in May 1974 they go back to Houston. Cool. Um, While they've been away, they've been, and I think this is how I've described it, not how it actually was, pen pals (laughs) with one of their old clients from the no place, um, a lady called Sharon.
1: Oh, Sharon.
0: Now, Sharon is also a spiritual... Shazza. Shazza. She's also been a spiritual seeker. Um, She's also been in a bad unhappy marriage so they come back and they go hey sharon let us tell you what we found out about the world and us and our place in it Uh, and she spends uh, the reports say six days with them and accepts their message and becomes their first convert she goes yep seems legit i'm in And she abandons her family, including her two-year-old daughter... Oh, man. ...to go off travelling with Herf and Bonnie.
1: That's so interesting, because we often wonder what, like, the first believer is
0: Mm. like.
1: Because they've got to be as convincing as the leaders, surely. Yeah. To go, oh, well, if Sharon thinks so, I definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And
0: she just ups it. She leaves her wedding ring and notes for her family behind and just goes. Disappears. Um, and when this happens, the two, Bonnie and herf give her a Bible with the following uh, inscription which says, To Sharon, the first fisherman to truly follow in our footsteps. With love, the two lampstands.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, it's an amazing tongue twister. We like to find these, don't we? Yeah, yeah. The first fisherman to follow in our footsteps.
0: First fisherman to, tru- to truly follow in our footsteps. To truly, truly follow in our, our footsteps.
1: footsteps. First fisherman to truly follow in our.
0: Signed footsteps. the two lampstands. The
1: two lampstands. Oh, lampstands fox it all up.
0: Doesn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound quite so good. But again, that's that revelation description of what these two um, witnesses are going to be like. Um, and so her job becomes to go travel ahead of them, book places for meetings. Oh, so that no. they can. Um,
1: Sharon's go. all admin.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, the thing I read described her more like they're John the Baptist, but I think your description is much better right. than that. She's basically the admin.
1: Yeah.
0: So they go out a preaching yeah. and they try and find him.
1: A preaching. Here in the olden days. Yes. <laughs> they go out a preaching. <laughs>
0: That's probably a good musical is isn't it? Preaching, <laughs> I preaching. like how we
1: both completely wussed out of doing any musical there. We
0: if you just... want to hear us make music, join our Patreon and <laughs> listen to our Charles Manson episode. Um, so, June 1974, they walk into the office of a Boise State University anthropology professor telling him they chose him because his textbooks looked the most interesting in the university bookshop.
1: They judged a book by its cover. They did. Yeah, great. Um,
0: uh, and he says, uh, this is Max uh, Pavisik, uh they asked me to drop everything and leave with them. They were very sincere and intense, but they had weird eyes. They
1: had weird eyes. <laughs> to be fair, when you look at pictures of, of her, he... He does have weird eyes. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: they both, yeah, they both have a bit of a glare to them, don't they? Yeah. Um. So they they're just targeting people like this to sort of be their followers, and you know, this university professor goes, uh, Jesus, UFOs. N- nah, no, mate, sorry. you're all right. Um. They also tried and failed to recruit a local psychic, like a well-known psychic in the area. Yeah. Um. But that doesn't really work. They don't really get any good meetings booked in. They don't really get much Bloody hell, uptake.
1: Sharon, what are you doing?
0: Well, at this point then, Sharon leaves oh, no. to go back to her family.
1: Good, good, that's, um, yeah, good. Which is
0: the right call, I think. Yeah, well done, um, Sharon. But although we don't really know how she felt about Heaven's Gate and whether it was just that she didn't want to be away from her family or whether she had problems with the, she suddenly, whether she was still a believer or not, I guess is okay. what I'm saying. Um, but she did say on the record that she was worried at that point that she had disappointed God and that she feared for her place on the UFO. Mm-hmm. but okay. had decided to go back to her family yeah.
1: yeah i'm often fearing for my place on the ufo Whoa. i just
0: really want a seat with a table on the ufo sam i'm like if i've
1: got a plug to charge my phone yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but i'll be like really gutted. you know it's a bit like when i use the train i won't go out of my way to do anything to make sure that's the case like buying early and reserving a seat early. but i will be gutted if i can't get that
1: spot <laughs> but i do expect one
0: or on uh, cross-country chains being next to the toilets, which just mean that the whole oh, carriage no. smells. Yeah.
1: Ugh. You've got to stay in that middle bit where the luggage rack is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Other train companies are available. So she goes back to her family.
1: Are they? Are they? Or are they completely unaffordable? Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: <laughs> um, at which point Sharon's husband, Sam, charges Bonnie and Herf with credit card fraud for using her credit card, because they've got no money, remember, all the time that she was a follower. <gasps> Shit. Mate, that is a, awesome. a baller move, right? Yeah. Um, so, they're arrested. Oh. Um, in Texas for uh, credit card fraud, but eventually Sharon goes, no, I, I let them use my card. It was, it was all above board.
1: Right. Well, that's who,
0: fair. Who knows, but probably. Yeah. Um, but, Sam, Yeah. what this means is that the police have arrested two people and they run their names.
1: Oh.
0: And they find out there's another warrant against Applewhite. Ah. For stealing a rental car ah. from Missouri. Oh. Cool. Um, so. <laughs> so um, they arrest and imprison her for that. Okay. And he's in prison for six months awaiting trial. And during that time Nettles goes back to nursing um she visits home she visits terry and sort of is home for a bit but terry says that mum when she came back had changed I'm she sure, was a yeah. different kind of person and it was quite exciting because she came saying that she had these big important things happening but yeah. it was it was like a different different person to come back herf's court case isn't going so well um. because he tried to um maintain that he had been divinely authorized to keep the car <laughs> And as Zella puts it in his book beautifully, the police and court begged to differ.
1: Yeah, how very diplomatic. <laughs> so
0: if you get nicked, Coffee and Cults listeners, don't try that. A, no. That won't get you out of trouble. Um, so there's a brief trial, but they uh, release him then for time served, basically. At the time he would have been in prison it was the same that he'd been um, in. But while he was in prison, he was still reading. He became much more into extraterrestrials. Great. Evolution.
1: As in evolution by reincarnation or evolution by... I think
0: by natural selection. Um, And much more into that side of things than the sort of mystic occult vibes. So we're now up to March 1975. Uh Nettles rejoins him and uh, he reveals that uh, his isolation had led to a significant growth in his understanding and a new <laughs> is that a significant growth in your understanding or are you just pleased to see me?
1: that's where I was going
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's decided he's had a n- new revelation which is <clears throat> oh.
1: uh,
0: and this is a quote from, from later on this is from their writings uh, near the end <clears throat> spoiler alert in the early 1970s, two individuals, brackets, my task partner and myself, brackets, from the evolutionary level above human, brackets, the kingdom of heaven, brackets, incarnated into, brackets, oh. moved in and took over, Oh man, brackets, too many brackets. Yep. Just say what you mean. Two human bodies in their 40s. I moved into a male body, and my partner, who is an older member in the level above human, took a female body. We call these bodies vehicles for they simply served as physical vehicular tools for us to wear whilst on task among humans. They had been tagged and set aside for our use since birth
1: so so they think that they were so but what, what about their lives before they were in their forties? Do so they think now they're different people since they've met? or like they met and then they were they seem to, to think that other... they are
0: now these ascended master aliens who have incarnated into the bodies of Herf and Bonnie.
1: Okay. Yeah, cool. So they're they're sh- sh- three auspicious whisperings or whatever yeah. they're called. Okay? Okay. Cool.
0: Um and at this point they start calling themselves Guinea and Pig. Oh no. <laughs> Oh. Which is not so good um and but they still are trying to recruit new members, they start holding meetings um they have a couple of different names for their organization at this point, point. one of which I'm not sure is true because I saw it in a couple of articles, but it seems unbelievable, <laughs> so apparently one of their original names, Sam, yeah. was the anonymous sexaholics celibate church
1: anonymous. Sexaholics celibate church. Okay. Sure.
0: But then they decide they're gonna be called the human individual metamorphosis? Him. Or total overcomers anonymous.
1: Overcomers anonymous. Oh dear. <laughs> Sexaholics and overcomers. <laughs> no. <laughs> what a combination.
0: Um so they're workshopping these names and like us yep. are going, maybe these aren't we haven't quite found the right thing yet. Um and uh, Applewhite is continuing to sort of draw on new influences, particularly at ancient astronaut um, theory, at uh, the show Star Trek, which he believes is being used by aliens to communicate with him.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: So he starts using lots of Star Trek terms for Very cool. their relationship with aliens. And so in April 1975, they book a good gig. They get a meeting that they're invited to speak at, um, it's a meeting of a Los Angeles metaphysical group led by Clarence Clug, Klug, K-L-U-G. Yes. Wow. Clarence Clug. I yeah. just wanted to say that a second time. Um, that sounds
1: like the second half, so if huff is the sound that you make when you're like hurling. <laughs> Clarence Klug. <Huff>. <laughs> Clug.
0: Clarence Klug. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we should have trigger warning for like...
0: Vomit noise. To vomit. Oh, well. Um uh, That meets in the house of psychic Joan Culpepper. At this meeting, 41 to 80 people attend, depending who you believe. And they've been, when they uh, try and organise these meetings, they've been sending out this flyer that says, UFOs, why they are here, who they have come for, when they will leave. Hmm. And then the next bit says, not a discussion of UFO sightings or phenomenon.
1: Oh, no. Don't...
0: Don't come, here. don't come to our UFO yeah. meeting to learn Were about there, like, UFO sightings Betty or the UFO Bob phenomenon. Were they the
1: yeah, ones? yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but Sam, if you have ever entertained the idea that there may be a real physical level beyond Earth's confines, you will want to attend this meeting.
1: I'm sure I will. You will. I mean, what you can give to be on the fl- to be a flight on the wall yeah. now. Yeah. To be able to just get
0: in see what that get the exactly was like. Pop
1: back and peek in the window. Oh my God! Why don't Doctor Who do that?
0: Heaven's Gate. I think you know, there's a very real reason why popular family sci-fi drama Doctor Who doesn't go back to Heaven's Gate they, they did
1: uh, Rosa Parks.
0: The, this group that they're talking at, um, so again, was this sort of odd mix of Christian, Hindu, New Age thought and also Hindu tantric sex practices.
1: Ooh, Ooh. John just did some interesting shoulder up.
0: That's what I imagine Hindu tantric sex practices are like. I
1: do know, we ask Sting. He
0: does those, doesn't he? Sting, if you're listening, email <laughs> our <laughs> inbox. If any of this comes true, it's going to be a nightmare of ascended masters, atheist priests, and Sting. What a dream.
1: What a dream. Tri- well, that's, my, that's my dinner, you know, when you get to pick
0: dinner party guests. <laughs> awesome. Um, so this is what the group was set up for, but this meeting is happening at a weird time for the group because there's just been a, like a social split. And okay. loads of, like, friendships and sort of social aspects of the group have collapsed. Right. There's just been a failed attempt to publish Clug's book, <laughs> which has left lots of members out of pocket because they've oh, paid for that. Oh, to finance that. Um, and so membership of the group is declining. So it's quite a difficult time for this group. Lots of people are dissatisfied with it, maybe thinking about something else.
1: Yeah.
0: They are ripe for the taking. Yeah. Um, Culpepper says about... um. Guinea and Pig, who've oh, arrived no. to give this <laughs> I've forgotten, I've forgotten uh, <laughs> who've arrived to give this talk, they had a charisma and gave off an aura of love and understanding. The man especially had hypnotic eyes, although I can't explain this thing via hypnosis, it went deeper than that. Oh. They gave off this love thing which had to be mentally controlled as they later came across as two of the most negative people I've ever met. <gasps> Well so she had mixed uh mixed yeah, feelings, definitely mixed feelings. Um, but whatever they do or say at this meeting about UFOs and their story of Jesus and ascended masters and that they're the two messengers that are going to take people off in a uFO, depending which report you believe twenty three to twenty seven individuals decide to join
1: yeah
0: and walk out of their lives to follow guinea and pig, <laughs> and at this point. The two instruct these followers to meet them at a campground in Oregon, Gold Beach, on May the 5th, 1975. So, like, in a month and so's time. Yeah. And that is the first time that they have a group of people and followers, and they start to become a group in that time, in middle of 1975. And yeah. within months, Sam, yeah. they would make national news da, 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 da. and that's where we're going to leave them for now
1: Yay! i was going to applaud but i realized that won't sound very good on the recording well done john well thank you so much um so next uh, of our heaven's gate episodes, we'll join them be... on
0: may the 5th in oregon
1: we will yes so basically we we've decided to alternate this um uh, little mini-series I haven't done any research yet because I didn't know where John was going to end. So now I know exactly where to begin. Thank you, John.
0: <laughs> You're more than welcome. To Look, I'm going to We're having a little ceremony here. I'm going to hand over ah, the Heaven's Gate book. Ah,
1: thank you, John. Ah. Got it. Cool. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, so I did listen to the Heaven's Gate podcast, but it was when it came out mm. last year? Question mark? Yeah, Whenever it like was. Um, so it's good to have that sort of reminder and to go into a lot more detail than that. Very good,
0: thank you. Cool, thank you, Sam. Uh, I look forward to hearing what happens next. Me too. (laughs) Thank you very much, listeners. We hope you've enjoyed this part one of our three-parter about Heaven's Gate. Um, We've got exciting stuff coming up for you as well. We will, later on this month, have our second annual halloween special. Hooray Ooh, it's going to be spooky. It's, it's going to be Sam. I don't know anything about it, which yeah, is exciting.
1: Yeah, so in in classic me style, I've just tried to find a really gory, disgusting, kind of spooky yeah. one. Yeah, we did
0: vampires last time. Yeah. I imagine it's going to be equally grim uh, murder this time.
1: Oh.
0: So, be sure. Not a
1: bastardized version of voodoo this time.
0: The worst kind of voodoo.
1: Bastard voodoo.
0: (laughs) So, uh, be sure to look out for that, which will drop on Halloween or around that kind of time.
1: When we record it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On Halloween, then, probably. Yeah. Um, And we'll be back with more Heaven's Gate very soon. If you've enjoyed this or any of our work, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to us, leave nice messages and tell other people about us. It really helps us out if you share it yourselves, amongst your friends, tell people about it. Especially if you're in the UK, we have a reasonable listenership elsewhere, but we'd love more UK listeners, so do uh, spread the word. also, particularly ratings and reviews on iTunes would be really helpful yes, to get us up the rankings.
1: They are very helpful to us. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. Um, as we said at the top, lots of our listeners have and we do always reply um, because we are needy <laughs> and love attention. So um, It does we,
0: make us very happy. Thank you, everyone who's always, been in touch. Um,
1: we'll, whichever one of us picks it up, we will always message to the other one like, did you see that message? Which is very fun.
0: So you can do that through the Twitter through the Instagram and on Facebook. We also have set up on our Facebook page now a uh, discussion group. Oh, yeah. There's only like six of us in there, so please do come and join we're that. <laughs> and there's, um, and uh, that'll be just a space where you can chat with us a bit more about um, the episodes and things that have come up and with other listeners. Uh, yeah, we really hope that might be a nice little online space to to chat in more detail about these things. So yeah. do check that out.
1: Um, if you would like to... Uh, Give us a little bit of money. You can do that. That would be very kind. Uh, At ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults. And that will be a one-off donation. You buy us some coffee to drink while we record. If you would like to uh, sponsor us more regularly, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash coffee and cults.
0: Where you can pay every month. And there's some, it supports this program, but also there's some exciting uh, bonus content. So there's um, our cult book club, where we look at different uh, cult texts and sort of um, review and describe it.
1: And our cult record collection. I don't know what the other... Sounds
0: ones? of the Sexties.
1: Sounds of the Sexties. John loves it. He's ki- Stop trying to make Sounds <laughs> of the Sexties <'60s> work.
0: <laughs> um, where we review the music of various cult groups. Uh, there's also a couple of book reviews and things like that up there, and yeah, there yeah. will be more content soon.
1: But that's it from this month. Um,
0: Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you at the end of the month for our Halloween special, Ooh. and we hope you enjoy the rest of your month until then. Thank you. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. We're going to talk to you. You are the initiative. You are the
1: cosmic. We found out that I was actually getting a two-inch by two-inch brand through the cottage.